a lot of different uh, variations on such. So like, preferably in sidebars. Like if you have any sidebar content, do it in different styles and presentation formats so mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. different variants of how you could play the game can each be captured in it. Right. Yeah, I there's something like I I'm so, I so struggle with including variants though. Because like I either I have a consistent vision of what I want the game to be or I don't. And I need, like, I either need to decide what it is and then, like, I, I don't know. If I'm going to do variants, I think I'm going to do them in a different book because there's just, I want, I want, I want the basic idea of the game to be, a, like, almost monolithic. Right. Where it's, here's what this does and here's how it does it. And this is the shortest possible route to get there. If you, and then, it, like, I think any variance in Ashes would just be added granularity. Would be like mm -hmm. if you want if you want to differentiate out resources. Here's how you do it. If you want to make combat more granular, here's how you do that. If you want right. to make spell casting like super detailed, here's how you do that. Like here's 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 the rules I use to build spells. Go for it. You know here the, like here's a here's an alternate combat system I envisioned because I did right. right. I had I have design notes for that stuff, so it was like. Here's how, how I would make the game more complicated, provided you like that complication. Uh, right. And it would be all in a separate book, you know? Right. Well, uh, uh, some games have, like, uh, at the very end, they have alternate rules of, like, Beam Saber yeah. has, if you want to yeah. do lighter healing rules or that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I did as well. I, I like that a lot because it's sort of like you have this, this consistent vision that you can deliver, and then you have these sources of variants that you can throw in. Even with mine, it's um, it's more about unique settings that uh, while the game encourages you to create your own, here are some sample settings that you're able to kind of jump right into if you choose to. Mm. And that gives you that sense of what the breadth could be, that you can do this thing with this, this system, this game, that um, you might not expect. Like, I don't know, talking about educational reform um, is not necessarily what you'd expect from like potentially the adventure game genre, but it can right. be done in this game because yeah. like there's the setting for it. So yeah, I mean that's all that's almost like demo stuff, though, right? Right. Yeah. Or to a yeah. degree, it's like giving degrees of focus, like outside, this is your main scope of what your game wants to do in your various variants, or like um, if it's a game about war and you want it to be less about war you could change small mechanical things, but it's not overhauling the entire thing. Right. Because if it feels as though you're making hacking rules for every single thing, then it's like, does it have no identity, especially if you're a new player or a new GM right. reading it? Um, and that was yep. something I was helping Cameron with um, one of his games that he's been working on and having that little thing of, okay, it's a small RPG. How is that very first introduction? framing everything and is it too broad or not a small thing about that has been interesting because it can be so simple how what's the word how simple words or how the amount of length itself can be a barrier with the amount of framing because if it's doing variants and if it's just too wordy or if the position where it is in the book is um mm -hmm. 
like where the the way that D&D, for example, handles some of its like variant features. It's like it's a sidebar or it's like it's an entirely separate book. But if it's important right. to the entire process of character creation, then like, what are you doing? That sort mm -hmm. of jank. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to understand that they have divergent goals from good play experience. Yeah. That's that's part of the problem. I mean, it is they have marketing goals and, and sales goals and other goals. And, you know, as you know, I'm fortunate to not have to hit their goals. Mm -hmm. So I don't have, like, we don't have to design games that pull in that direction. Like, you know, cat's entire, I think I, I, your stated goal. And I think, believe this is still the case. You do, you're, you're, you're going to give the core game away for free and just charge for supplements. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like, you know, I probably am going to do ashes and then that's going to be, I don't know. I can, I can, there are so many ways I can expand into the ashes world that I don't know what the game after this might look like. It, it could be a different, like a different game. I have like a couple of different games like that would be set that could be set in this universe. And then I have a version of the mechanics where all the mechanical justifications are cybernetic instead and it's you're 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 basically a like planetary colonial marines troubleshooting problems for colonists on distant worlds uh and so there's like i've i've taken i already like i i i don't know like it's just how my brain works where it just foliates different stuff and I'm like, oh, here's, I could do this or I could do this. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I have to put these aside and right. focus on the main thing and not build, not like, not rebuild a universal system that, you know what I mean? Like, I, it, 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 I, I see so many people fall into the trap of like trying to rebuild a universal system. Right. Um, that it, yeah. And they all basically Great. wind up with the same strengths and flaws. Right. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. And no, no, no. It's well, very often, like the, the huge thing is like, it's too granular, right? Like it's just, they're just dealing like point values and like, it's here's a bunch of stuff and here's, here's advantages and disadvantages that cover like all magic, cybernetic, psionic, blah, blah, blah. they just like, here's a bunch of lists. Yep. I like, had a, yeah. a, a just all D D game that eventually became, they're trying to do Warhammer 40k and it's like, what are you doing with all these? bladed modules and this and this and this mm -hmm. or Shadowrun has this problem too when it's like okay it's universe is very grounded um and very specific but the actual mechanics of things like weapons and even simple skills are like this is too granular mm -hmm. you're you're blocking down this flow and the entire framing shifts from this is a cool world to explore to look at all this math yeah it just doesn't jive at all yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, I really relate to that, Rob, because I have the problem where I think of the variable or like this is like a hack or something people might want to game. But like, do you write that into the rules or do you let people come up with that yourself? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I also have predictions for what people will do with Ashes, and I'm very curious to see which ones happen. <laughs> like, because <laughs> like, how I, far I've... do you think ahead? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, well, I could see somebody taking this game. Hang on, there's somebody at the door. Hang on a second. One second. Okay. Oh. Sorry, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to 
you're gonna have to hold the fort for a bit because I'm also gonna head off here. But uh, night, Mark. Uh, have a good night, everyone. Thanks for the chat night, and thanks for uh, interacting with us. It's always great to see everyone's comments throughout. So yeah, it right. a lot easier when you can actually see interaction and yeah. like, oh, there's stuff we can feed off of if we mm -hmm. are stalling on something. For sure. <laughs> Okay, right. Good night, everyone. I feel like Sabrina says something more on this podcast in a typical episode than I do, which is fine. That's almost guaranteed true. I feel the exact same way. Yeah, but you're not uh, literally <laughs> part of it. You haven't been here for two years, so... <laughs> well, it just cuts to, like, the feedback I gave you on uh, Cameron. God. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so what actually are we talking about? I feel like it's safe to ask that because Rob's not here. Bang. Okay, I'm back. Yeah, welcome back. Hey, we were doing a bonus back. discussion thingy. Yeah, yeah. I'm just recording it. Just if anything cool gets said, then we can put it up. But Yes, but is, what are we just... actually talking about? Oh, this was just whatever we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, we were oh, talking okay. about, I think I was talking about the way Ashes does something, and I don't remember what the hell it was. You were talking about, I think, how Ashes was trying to do... Um... Oh, right. All the yeah. foliation. Right, right. Yeah. So, like, just, I have predictions about what people might do with oh, the game okay. as a framework, yeah. because there's, like, because there's definitely a, an actionable, like, different parts of this game are actionable frameworks by themselves, and so, like, you could just pull it out, and, like, oh, I like the way approaches work, because I like, like... Uh, you know, it's gumshoe like this. It's a combination of gumshoe plus a little bit of the fate engine, and <laughs> and like people might like that just by itself. So I could see it you being used in this way, um, or I could envision it like just it, people not using anything else of this game. Like I just like the skill resolution mechanism, and then I'm going to use that to play a political thing because this mechanism kind of does, works the way I want it to. Um, I really see Ashes as, uh, like the current my current understanding of the rules, Ashes as political, uh, like re Ashes skills as the more reworked as a political system. Yeah, yeah, that makes actually a lot of sense. I'm not sure if you were specifically using that example because you feel the same way, or if it was just a random incident. That was just a random incidental. <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could also do. You could also do like a point crawl with 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 the mechanism. Um, that would, I mean, you'd be using probably like, yeah, you could do a point crawl with it, like just a dungeon, or you could even do like a dungeon crawl. Like that would it would handle it, but it wouldn't be using all the interesting shit. It would just be using you just be using the combat mechanics fundamentally, and like some of the like the narrative progressing mechanics but yeah you could do it what's in the next room so oh. yeah. yeah it's stuff you don't want to write down as a variant that doesn't take advantage of what you're actually right yeah it's just like it's just you could use this as a tool to play these other games if you want to play D D using like i've done that right so i've played Shadowrun using savage worlds <clears throat> That's uh, yeah so right. i've played you know, I yeah. <laughs> I played Shadowrun using Fate too, which is also pretty good, but totally different from Savage Worlds, right? So, um, it it's uh, 
And I play Shadowrun using Shadowrun, which is a fucking mistake, but <laughs> and I, I they got me. Oh dude, they they keep I, I learned my lesson. I didn't buy sixth edition. But like that was oh no, I didn't buy third either, but like first, second, fourth, fifth. God damn it, dude. I was just yeah. so hoping. Yeah, it's uh it's a mess and trying to learn it was an experience and it was like a gm i have that i tried to teach some force in the dark too and they just didn't hit with them like okay well i'm gonna have to relearn and shadow run as a straight samurai when i can tell i built my character wrong in this way and this and this way and just like please no it's yeah. uh yeah no it's it's a framework that's like your entire mechanical framework doesn't fit what you're trying to do here and yet everything that keeps going with it is just reinforcing that problem <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I spent so like the last time we, we we somebody was like, "Hey, let's do a Shadowrun campaign." It was in fourth edition. I played. We played like two games of fifth, and we called it off um, in fourth edition. And we all got excited because, like, oh yeah, Shadowrun. And then we got the Chummer, the character builder. Which yes, great. that's the exact one. Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> which was great. And I spent probably. I want to say no less than two hours a day at work for four weeks optimizing a character. Uh-huh. Like, and boy, when I got to the end, she was so fucking rad. Oh, dude, this is a great character. Really fun to play. Like, really, like, back, you know, I didn't have a lot of backstory. I had, like, points of backstory where it was, like, I can fill in stuff, but here's, like, the broad strokes. Yeah, but you can die so easy in Shadowrun. Yeah. Really matter. <laughs> Well, actually, I it was very hard for this particular character to die. That's good. That was, you know, a big, yeah. very hard to hit is the key right. in yeah, Shadowrun. Yeah, dodge and soak. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, no, almost no soak. Just like elf, cyber, all the way up. Uh, yep. With uh, she, she was basically a a diplomancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, cyber, but with cyber and more biotech stuff, and so right. Uh, yeah, it was, she she was fun to play, like street samurai, but also a lot of social. I mean, like she she I mean her base starting out was she was rolling thirty six dice for negotiation wow. <laughs> for all points of the negotiation. Uh-huh. So the fourth hat, like all that stuff, and the GM was just like, "What the fuck, man?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's it's like well, when you look at the GM build the adept and it's like what do you mean you're rolling twenty one dice for blades and I only have sixteen what have I done wrong oh. here mm-hmm. oh no mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like mm, that's the rules bro sorry yep yep look at a d six yeah and yeah so thirty six dice averaging you know whatever it was and I was just like we we're all rich after the first three mm-hmm. runs because <laughs> I just was like. Well, what about this contract and this eventuality? We need hazard pay to cover this, 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 and like so because I built the character was a stripper that made a bunch of money in Brazil, and then moved to Seattle. And the first implant she got were intelligence bio implants, mm-hmm. and then she went to college and became a corporate attorney, mm-hmm. and then uh, all that went out the window when uh, 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 a troll engineer. Uh, basically overpowered her and she got out of the corporate gig completely and just started doing porn and and then and then because that didn't pay that well she was like all right i gotta she she was living a corporate attorney lifestyle right 
on on cam girl budget and she was like this isn't gonna work so i gotta i gotta start doing yeah that that's technically a build that some people call it i think like mm -hmm. mechanically speaking around that and there's also like it's weird how much of a difference that is and also a lot of like that's technically what the game is about but yeah do people understand that no, no. <laughs> yeah like, my first character was a sniper, which was my first mistake. <laughs> then trying to make them a face, which wasn't ideal. Um, and the way that I died was getting blackmailed from my cyber eyes getting hacked um, from the hacker partner I was working with, not having someone to check when his eye, uh, cyber eyes were getting checked, like not having a second person there. And then me having to try to get an AI from somewhere and instead going to kill that person, killing them, in in their territory when they had drones as a rigger, then the drones succeeded an AI check to keep going, and I died to drones with fifty cal machine guns, and I'm like, oh okay, this is what this game is. Even <laughs> though GM and I was like, oh, we're getting excited about this dramatic irony of this character doing this stuff with the corporation, and it's like, okay, well no, that's just out the window. Yep, and with the funny thing is like that's, it's like playing Shadowrun to me is like playing a game of war with the GM. Yes, you're just you're just slapping cards down until somebody has a bigger stack. <laughs> it's like, it's like and, okay, like I, yeah. And the disparity game. is insane because mm -hmm. it's it's not just like what the samurai, but it's like so many layers of a decker, oh, yeah. like all that. Oh no, and then then there's magic. So forget. I mean, huh? the game the game operates on three levels of reality. So, like you can. And it's possible to build a character that actually does all three, like fairly competently, uh, which is something that most GMs do not like. Uh, so, like, I, I built one of the characters I built in fourth edition was just a Mr. Lucky. So he was just he could do eight impossible things every session because he just had I just bit, I he was human full edge and then got the human edge advantage, and so he just had eight edge dice, so he could like be at zero dice take you know you can't go into negative dice pool so i would just have like i have penalties out the ass i have eight dice i still succeed fuck it so it was like i built him just with to do that and have enough gear to participate enough magic to do a little bit enough hacking to do a little bit and then i could do eight impossible rolls every session and it was a fun character but it was it was not because the character was interesting it was because it was the mechanical exploit that made the character interesting <laughs> that is a form of enjoyment in and of itself, though. Yes. So, you know, I mean, when, when the game is not inherently fun, you have to find your own fun. Yeah. You, why not both? Yes, this is true. <laughs> I I was gonna say that. Yeah, the very first RPG I ever read was um, Shadowrun Fourth Edition, um, and. Mm reading the setting and the world the possibilities of it completely enamored me and mm -hmm. the very first thing i ran at, at university and i had no idea what i was doing but i very quickly realized that i didn't care about most of the rules and to tell cyberpunk stories yeah and <laughs> regularly ignored stuff like building NPCs or anything like that i just went with my gut i'm like yep there's probably a system that can handle what I'm getting anyway better. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's what we all did. I mean, anybody who's yeah. GM Shadowrun does that <laughs> shit because it's impossible to actually GM it raw. It's one of those things like nobody, listen, 
Nobody knows how initiative works in second edition uh -huh. D&D. Like no one knows. What's the initiative? Okay. Are you being facetious or? You yeah, yeah, I'm okay. sorry. I, I meant, <laughs> I meant, like it, 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 it doesn't matter. Like, hey, man, I, I, I never, I treat questions seriously. So, <laughs> some people don't know. I, I don't know what your experience is. Uh, so, like, it's, it's, uh, but no, it, it, yeah, in second edition D and D, that nobody actually knows how to resolve. There's no. You can look at the rules for it, and and if you collate all the rules, they're about four pages long. Uh, but there's interpretation like within the rule set and it's very because you can't it's not quite clear what steps you resolve in what order and what takes precedent so that's weird oh jesus is it ever weird that's especially intense. when you notice it because the thing is the rules are so spread out that you don't notice you don't know oh no yeah <clears throat> that goes against the point of initiative though like the whole point of initiative no is to kidding. order what happens <laughs> reminds me of um spire that was something that was interesting was like certain rules are like why is the stress rule here when it could be this place but yeah. it's a lot more clear i'm enjoying playing spire but that's something like a wholly different experience of okay the entire way the game frames almost everything mm -hmm. is very clear and very smart even though it stumbles in places a little bit. Yeah, it seems really well. I mean, the, for, from what I've read, the, the, and I haven't played it, but the, I really, it has taken a lot of the best lessons from modern game design and just implemented them, you know, and, and taken the best parts and put together a very elegant package. So I really appreciate where they've, where they've gone. Because it takes part of the some of the best parts of the PBTA stuff and some of the and just cleans up, I think, some of the stuff that I didn't really enjoy that much. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah. Looks cool. I, I do think some of the abilities and like framing of certain things are a little bit touch bloated in terms of like length or efficiency. But like mm -hmm. in terms of like the exact tone of like, okay, what does aspire? How does this work? The point of the characters in particular of like okay here you're happy yes. here to be revolutionaries you're gonna die is so honest that it seems obvious but it's like so few games actually do that yep <laughs> it should be yeah, clear. It's, it's exactly what we were saying earlier Sorry, yeah it's i find it really interesting because as you said it, it sort of picks from like a broad range of like best practices but it also like like applies it to a hyper specific setting, mm -hmm. um, which I feel it can sometimes stumble in a bit. Um, so focused on this specific world, which is cool and thematic and flavorful, but sometimes that leads, you know, you know, um, I guess more broader stuff out of it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely a struggle I had. Like, I mean, that's always a struggle with getting, like, how how wide do you go? Like, Blades in the Dark did a good job of, like, giving us two examples of, like, here's some cities and here's what you could, here's what you would need to build your own version of this, which is actually a substantial amount of work, which I, yeah, which I think is one of Blades' shortcomings, is that, like, building a setting for Blades is actually, right. like, a lot. Um, I 
I think it's important to recognize, like, as an innovation, the thing that most games would just throw up their hands and say, you figure it out. So that right. itself is, like, <laughs> it to be iterated on. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, the issue with settings, especially for something like that, the um, the amount of information you need to make a fleshed-out setting is actually a lot, even if you, like, remove a ton of information that people tend to put into settings. Like, if you strip, yeah. strip away, like, anything that's not needed and it's just down to the bare minimum, you still need a lot to make a setting actually function properly. If you want to have any coherent stories in it anyway. Yeah, it depends on what you... If you want to run a campaign, I think, there's, there's ways to do one-shots where you can just have some right. lines and then... Yeah. Go ahead. But yeah, if you want to build characters in a setting until a story that's episodic, then yeah, you need right. you need to know ground rules. I'm curious what if you did the whole like the group or the party makes the setting together through play and you start with the minimum viable product as part of session zero, well, session one, and then you back up as you go. Yeah, that's my game. So I mean yep. I hope that works. <laughs> that's yeah. like how Rob's and Mark's yeah. games are working. So yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just an ascending triangle of 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 uh, session zeros, essentially. I mean, where you can, but you have you can take actions in the middle of your session zero, <laughs> but and then also plan for future session zeros. So it's yeah, but that's yeah, fundamentally you're building up a setting as you're as you're discovering more about who you are and what you what you did or didn't do, bleeding up to the wrath, and then uh, uh, you know how how what puzzle piece you fit into in in the in the broader world but that's that's what the game is you discover what that is because you're that's 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 interesting i think um so yeah how how that will work i i mean the technical details are something like i need to give the players like a certain amount of um enough to grab onto so that they can sort of like bootstrap the stuff they like about the setting um yeah. and carry and carry that forward so it's it's giving them enough of like a here's a foundation here's what the settings like here's the assumptions it makes um here's um here's what magic does that's really important right like what are the limitations um you know the, the and the guy the players don't know I don't explain this to the players, but the guidebook has an explanation of why the magic is the way it is also. So it's just like, here's, if you change the magic system, these are, these could be the repercussions because now, yep. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work the way um, it was designed to. Mm. Uh, but it's like, when I'm starting, when I'm asking players to boot up the world, I'm asking them for, to do Mad Libs, essentially, of, <laughs> of writing in the specifics of like, here's, here's, you're attached to a community I, and this community it was the community that was built around your arcana so the arcana whatever arcana you chose because that that sounded cool to you that's as much like that you usually people can choose one of the 12 arcana like based on a line of description like here's what it does it controls heat and cold like okay that's cool i i, I can figure out what that is and so a community grows up around that and then that community necessarily shares your established values because you joined the community. And so now there's a community in opposition 
to that that has an opposite value that was your rival or enemy or somebody you had you know a group you had to work with so it establishes like the web as you move but you get to establish as you go through the the booklet it, you're establishing points of contact so you're establishing a face on that thing that is then your 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 in like there's a dude that is in that other organization that you know right. and you have a reason to like maintain connection with that guy so like there's either something going on or like you're you're you really hate each other and like you're really in each other's shit that could be a thing too um but for some reason like you have a face that organization has a face to you and then that organization has repercussions out in the grander world as well so both of your organizations and then you find out those repercussions and then you get to find out how you're responsible for the repercussions out in the greater world that created the day of wrath and you go oh no we did it to ourselves and then how can we avoid this in future and then then you start fixing the shit you did uh uh by following your own highest value so however however the world construes itself to you presents your field of problems that you want to solve like it that's it's like here's here are the problems i'm interested in solving and then like then you tell the you get to tell the game like how you got good at the skill that makes you good at solving that problem and then you go and solve that problem and then two more problems appear basically uh and you go oh shit one of those is going to be really bad i don't know which one but i'm gonna have to pick one so yeah, a bit like then, the XCOM, just choose which one you're going to have to deal with sort of thing. Right. And then, but then you get to, that's that's the dread thing where you like, mm -hmm. you don't know the particulars of mm -hmm. how bad it's going to go. You're just, yeah. you're just, you're just externalizing consequences. Right. Right. You're, so you're building the axis of which most of the game and the characters turn. And then you're, instead of the game being describing it, you're prescribing onto it, prescribing onto it until it kind of becomes a yeah, you 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 are sharpening the knife you are going to use to stab yourself in the back yeah. with, more or less, I guess. And then you're going to you're going to realize. I hope the idea is like, oh shit, I stabbed myself in the back with the knife I built. That was dumb of me. What led up to that? Mm -hmm. And then you do you you go down again, and and figure out like what what impulse was at the bottom of the sharpening of the blade and then you attack that thing and then come back up again to see what repercussions that has and, and it's very elegant in that way from the sounds of it while also being like at least like as a prospective player there's that definitely like oh yeah we should play this this sounds fantastic um that's well sort thank of you but it's not there yet. So yep, I, have, I have a framework and now I need to like, oh, here's the particulars. And sometimes I run into a thing and I'm like, oh fuck, that actually is two different goals. I've yes. I, I think I have. And now and now it's like, oh shit, and now what do I do first? Or what do I what do I prioritize? And that's right. you know, and then 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 it's like I have to go back to my at the pillars of like, okay, what am I trying to achieve? And then usually a decision will prove but sometimes like lately the decisions are getting really tricky where it's like okay i could frame it like this or i could frame it like this and both both of these things might might achieve the goal and like the particulars are going to really matter but the, they're really subtle right it's and like the, how far do you zoom enhance and then how does that 
bounce off other things. Right. Yeah. And freezing too. Like, you know, do, how do I like, so now I'm at the point where I'm looking at region and reframing that maybe as nature or environment. So instead of the scales being, uh, individual, uh, social regional or, or in individual communal social, as I had it, it's going to be like individual communal social nature something like that, because I realize, like, I don't, I, I have environmental impact stuff, like, all throughout the game, but no actual mechanism that serves to make nature hate your fucking guts. Right, like, the Apocalypse World has the classification of, of stuff. landscapes. Yeah. Like... I have, I have concepts, and Dread can do that, right, but it doesn't, the thing is, like, Dread's, when Dread triggers, it's, 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 you knew something bad was going to happen. You didn't know what, but it was like you contributed to it. I need something where it's like, no, nature is the is the right. is the countervailing force. Not, right. It's it's not yeah. you. It's not you or someone else being the re of sense. It's the world itself being reactive, and that also means that right. community is not like a bubble that nothing goes past. It is the world reacts to everything in it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that you have to, I, you know, and then I'm so. Because I already had, interestingly enough, I already had a mechanism for calculating uh, externalized consequences of go rituals gone wrong onto the world and like how you calculate, like, like what that, that looked like. And I was like, oh, okay, so that's, that kind of opens that door for like, I know how a ritual goes wrong now, like mechanically. Because like I figure anything that's of significant story import has to have a mechanical undergirding to it or it's not real. Like there's okay. got to be at least something. Like, oh, spell. Okay, so I tell the players in the game, like, this this entire game is a result of apocalypse spells gone wrong. And then if I don't, if the players can't make their own apocalypse spell, at least in theory, and then also know how it could go wrong, at least in theory, then I, in some sense, I'm not supporting the full fiction Right, of, you're not of the game. being a fan of the players or like not letting them frame it in that way because right. also if the players feel like the way that we deal with this problem is mm -hmm. making an apocalyptic spell, then that is uh -huh. itself its own set of framing and also very interesting of like how is that going to work? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or like Fallout inspire but magnified like ten times. Yeah. And we can't have like this is the core premise behind the game and it doesn't actually work. Yeah. Yeah, it would be dumb, right? I mean it would be pretty it would be pretty silly to like like ship a ship a game called Ashes of the Magi where it's all about like apocalyptic spells destroying the world and like there's no way to do that in the game. It's like, oh that, that's silly. How did you how did they do it? That's the thing. It's yeah. like, oh you nobody can create artifacts anymore in Dungeons It's like um it's like D D eleventh yeah. and tenth spells. Yeah. yeah, it's like how the fuck did they do it then? Tell me. Give me give me give me an example. Just tell me a story. There's That's what I'm asking you for. Do, do do the thing we all purported to do when we showed up here, fuckface. Tell me a story of the spell. It is really frustrating when a game has mechanics, but then, or at least it, not necessarily mechanics, but it says that there's something that could be done, but you can't actually do it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the they have an ability or like well that that wizard doesn't follow your wizard. He does the magic thing because I need to get him out of the situation. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. 
It's like, no, his specific spell doesn't care about dispel magic for reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the example that comes to mind is Incubi or Succubi, I think, in 5th edition have an ability that they can charm you for, like, I think it's 30 days if you fail the save, and it's like, unless you have the Gia spell, which is effectively the slavery spell at level 5, like, you don't have mm -hmm. any ability to do that, and not everyone can do that. Well, you have a bard that has an ability that's technically better than that. It's like, what is this asymmetry? I don't understand. <laughs> what, is, what are the rules of this setting? Like, what is the point? <clears throat> yeah. Um, for games that really care about their being. Where they, like, say that they care, and it's like, mm, do you really, though? Yeah, <laughs> well, that, that's, that's the thing about D&D trying to serve too many, too many audiences, right? They want to capture as many, and so they have right. to, like, oh, what's the fiction of a succubus? Well, a succubus charms you for a long time, right? Because that's, that's the fiction. And then, like, in... But mechanically, it's like, well, that's kind of a dopey ability. Like, right. either it's unbelievably good, or it's not going to matter. Like, because because right. you're either you're you're alpha striking the succubus because you figure out who she is, or it's like you you know campaign distorting levels of power. Where it's yeah. like, yeah, this village is built around a succubus, just casting charm on everybody she meets, and they stay charmed for thirty days, right? So like. She interacts with fifty people in a week. Like they're all they're all in cahoots with her, essentially. So that's I I I shape things into the succubus and get her ability and then charm her. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> that D D kind of like though. keeps getting keeps yeah. getting more of an issue. I mean, charm in fifth is not as weird as it was in earlier editions because i think in charm it's just like you're predisposed to like the person and you have advantage on charisma checks right certain spells are more specific than that uh okay. the, the chaos example is there in your service for 30 days then at high levels it's like a month a year or something but that's at level five or uh certain abilities for oh are... i'm sorry I, I just understood what you're i'm sorry it's pronounced geish it's, uh, it's oh, okay. uh, i i know oh, okay. i have to look up it's, it's, it's oh, gaelic okay. it's gaelic in, in der oh, derivation okay. um, yeah where charm person yes. is like that, but then yeah. people like don't do friends of charm person because it's technically because they're aware it's not as good. It's like that sounds right. like really bad framing. Oh no. Yeah. Um yeah. for how that effect cascade into other games, like certain epic beam saver has the empath and explicit he's like, okay, listen, this character this playbook is about changing emotions. So you wanna have a talk about consent, and it's like, okay, this rules. Uh but how many games fall into those tr small traps of framing that are like, are you sure you realize how much this is a problem? Mm-hmm. It's tricky, right? Because a yeah. lot of times those things don't even get hit in playtests. It's weird. <laughs> like, you can, and I've talked to people that have had this, and I've had it myself, where it's like, you, like, either you something changed, which is totally possible, like, where you, like, you had this, you had this rules framing, and then you were like, oh, actually, that rule doesn't work. I got to go back and fix that. And then you, you change the rule, and then you totally don't go back and fix the thing, the narrative section from mm -hmm. three pages earlier like telling a story about how it works and like the player remembers the story about how it works, but they don't read the rules section. They just assume it, it works the way it did a second ago. And you go, oh no, actually. And they go, oh, that's okay. And you get like that moment, that deflation moment. You're like, fuck. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so- yeah, Or um, when it cascades and that fuck, 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 whoa, no, that's yeah. like, oh no, that's a bad sign. That's right. really bad. Yep. Yeah. I built my entire character on this concept that doesn't work. Yeah, right. Yep. Exactly. Something like that. <laughs> it sounded so cool, but it doesn't actually work like. Yeah. Yeah. I so I've tried to very avoid 
<clears throat> those kind of I, that designing around those pitfalls is like very important to me because there's there's ways in which games design a bad experience into their mechanics and it's mm -hmm. like I'm, I mean you can't get rid of all of it right but like there's right. I don't know I feel like there's ob there's ones that are obvious at this point like in hindsight you know not to the designers who are writing those systems obviously but like to to us now we are like oh, okay so here's how you don't do it and you know in some reason in some sense this podcast just grew out of like discussing that yeah where it's like okay so we know about certain ways that games go wrong we can figure out like okay so here's here's we, we're, we're just gonna stack all the don'ts as much as we can until we can find yeah. like the biggest don't and it's like yeah don't don't subvert player agency intentionally yeah it's often easier know what not to do than mm -hmm. what exactly to do the way thing yes especially because the biggest don't is not necessarily the opposite of yes yeah exactly yes yes very good it's like um, don't subvert player agency that does not mean give them infinite agency yeah right yep. but i can relate Build the, the building blocks like the foundation of the 